millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I think I've started that and sound quite chipper we didn't win this weekend um as you'll all be very well aware of now uh, but still we are we're on the road to promotion more or less and uh, i'm here today joined by chris win here we go i i am all i'm all right i'm all right how are you mate yeah a couple of days to reflect craig how are you craig's back again yeah surprisingly calm i think we've just got to <laughs> get rid of the feelings about uh about the Charlton game now and, and obviously just kick on to the next ah, but we're fuck all right, Charlton man, man. We're, fin- we're finished with Charlton don't worry about them anymore <laughs> I, just, I, I just never want to play them again because they're just the the one constant through my life as a Sunderland fan is those twats like ruining everything so um, if we end up in the playoffs and have to play them I, I don't know what I'll do I'll probably I'll probably just go into hiding in a cave somewhere and forget about football and lose my mind because uh, I'm yeah Charlton are just a Ugh, right, I don't really want to talk about Charlton actually, uh, but we're going to have to, aren't we? Um, that's why we're here, of course, is to reflect on the game. I mean, Chris, it's a, f- it's, it's not a, it's not the end of the world. Like you've just said, sort of, you know, before we came on air, because I said I've kind of ignored everything since the end of the game until this point. It's it's important we sort of don't stew on it too much, isn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely, and I don't think I don't think there's a huge amount to stew on. And and I think I mean I said this in the chat earlier that uh, I don't think our performance against Charlton was was anything kind of hugely different to what we've been doing for a long time. I don't yeah. I don't think I don't think you can point to the Charlton game and go oh we we were absolutely shocking compared to you know X. Um, mm. And I, I think I said on on a, a on a previous pod I think the only game where we've really stepped it up and been you know a level above is that Portsmouth away game. And and Saturday, uh, Saturday's performance—I forget what day it was. Saturday's performance <laughs> was uh, was typical. I mean, that's how we've been playing, but we've been getting results. And I know it sounds daft, but that's the only difference. It's just that in other games we've been finding a way to get a draw, to get a win. Well, most of the time to get a win, but we've been grinding our points, and we've been we've been just doing enough and doing what it takes to win without absolutely battering teams. And we came up against a good side and. The crucial thing, well, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but we didn't take our big moments and, uh, yeah. and we lost the game. Yeah, it, it, pretty much that's all it was decided on, Craig, wasn't it? Another day we probably could have won that. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, a, if a crap League One goalkeeper, for instance, had been playing for mm-hmm. Charlton, then 
then you know we we probably would have scored a bunch of goals. But uh, Ben Amos is a canny keeper. You know he's he's played at a decent level. Came through at Man U. Um, there's a reason he's playing for Charlton, who are a decent team. You know, for once, a, a keeper actually did well against us. I mean, how many times could you say that this season where we've actually came up against a decent goalkeeper? It's um, it's just one of those things, isn't it? We can't dwell on it overly. No, I, I think you're right. And I mean, credit to Amos because I thought he was fantastic. I think my biggest frustration or my biggest takeaway is that it just felt self-inflicted. I thought we started okay. Yeah. We got in the box a lot, certainly a lot more than we did against Peterborough. I thought we showed plenty of threat. And, you know, we're talking about taking chances. We, we really should have been out of sight after the first 20 minutes. But again, it's it's one of those stories, isn't it, where we're failing to make the most of the chances that we're creating. Charlie White's had a number mm. of good opportunities, but he again, he's come up against a very good goalkeeper. But I think that's probably where the positives start to run out, truth be told, because, you know, me and Chris, we spoke about us going into this game about our concerns after the Peterborough match, about our positioning. And I felt positionally we were a bit of a mess, at least for the first hour. Um, I thought we couldn't cope with Charlton's physicality at times. And their high press, and essentially that's that's what we're undone by, our own calamitous defending. And I know Lee Johnson, he criticised the officials for the first goal, but look, you know, the warning signs were there. We didn't heed the warning. And ultimately, if you're going to concede soft goals, you know, that's, that's where you're going to make it much more difficult. And it's an uphill battle. I thought besides that, though, our response was all right. You know, McFadden and McGeady both had chances. But look, like we said, Charlton are a good side. They, uh, they always looked a threat when they went forward. And the second goal was just a disaster, I thought. We um, we got away with one where Stockley hit the post. Then there's a little bit of confusion after those substitutions. But look, there's no way that that second goal should have been you know, anywhere near. It's the fact that uh, I think the, the lad Gilby, he's had like two chances to to stick that away. And, and we, we haven't done anything about it. But like I said, I, th- I think it's one of those. If we dwell upon it too much, you know, that's, that's where your season's going to just go down the... Mm. Uh, go down the toilet but look it's one of those games we're never ever going to go through this run without dropping points I understand that obviously there is you know a a lot of unhappy unsatisfied people as a result but I think that's just due to the expectations they've shifted massively now absolutely absolutely I think I said I think we said before we came on air we we just had a quick look at obviously we've gone without losing for 14 games prior to that which was the Shrewsbury match in February and since then we've went, we we were we're in seventh place at that point. We're third now. I mean a massive unbeaten run. Yeah. A cup final win in that time. We've come such a long way, Chris, haven't we? We've like Craig's just said, we've raised the bar that much in terms of expectation and just standards that of course people should be sort of frustrated and upset, right? But you've also got to reflect and take a step back. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's been an unbelievable run and uh, and like you said it it's raised expectations, but but so it should. That's, yeah. This is where our expectations should be. We should, we sh- and, and it's going to sound arrogant. And I know there's going to there might be reaction to that to say you know why should we expect blah blah blah. But but when you put a run together like that, you start expecting um and you start expecting results. But it, we've had we've had a run. I mean, if you think before then, we had um we had a run where we had the likes of Swindon and Rochdale at home. Who were possibly two of the worst sides I've, I've I've seen, to be honest. I mean, Rochdale tried to play football, but you could just tell they were trying, but without the the talent. Yeah. Um. And in the last three games, we've come up against three really good sides. I mean, Oxford gave us a real scare. Um. That could have turned out different, but we got the we got the big moments right. Um. 
Peterborough was a, was a battle and we managed to get a point out of that. They, they were a good side. And and Charlton, uh, Charlton were a good side. I mean, I was going to come on to your point of one, what you said there, Craig, about Charlton, um, the high press. I mean, you could actually hear Nigel Atkins in the recording, like screaming to his team to, to get up and push up and squeeze up on yeah. us. Um, and and he, I think he'd said before the game, the build-up, that uh, that he'd watched us and seen how we played. And uh, and as it turned out, he, he knew exactly what, what our weaknesses were. And um, I'm not sure there's too many sides in this league who um, play to our weaknesses as well as uh, Nigel Atkins and Charlton did. Yeah. Uh, so I threw it out on Twitter just to ask the Rotor Report um, followers to to give us some positives from the game. I know I'm, I'm, I've am I'm said this in the last podcast, I'm trying to be as happy-clappy as I can at the minute. Um, so even in defeat... I've asked the Twitter followers to uh, to extract some positives from the performance and and ge- the run in general, um, and to be fair, people have come up with quite a few. Hannah Bullwater, who obviously is part of the Road Report team, she has made a very good point. Uh, Hull and Peterborough both have Charlton still to play, which I didn't realise. I think if Charlton play like they did against us, they'll give both of them a game. Uh, SFC North Yorkshire says we're in a much better position now than when Party was here. Very true. Uh, Andy Lynn says hopefully we bounce back like we did after our last defeat. Six wins and a draw from seven then. Do the same again now our next seven and we'll go up. Uh, Cameron Johnson says despite not scoring, Wyke remaining, uh, Wyke's remaining to create chances just like Posh away for himself. Uh, the intensity at the start couldn't be matched by Charlton in that time Sunderland should have put the game to bed Ross Stewart remains to impress for me anyway that's not a positive Cameron you're not meant to tag a, <laughs> tag a, tag a little negative on the end um, Chris Day says the positives would be the chances we created in the first half uh, and we really would have been out of sight had the keeper not played an absolute blinder same approach and we'll put them away in other games I mean they're all similar theme you know people sort of pointing to the fact we created so many chances, that was definitely what was at the forefront of my mind, Craig, in terms of the, the, the overall performance, is that on another day, and we've already touched on this, but on another day that we, we would have probably scored at least two of those, we just have to sort of accept that occasionally you're going to come up against a good team. I mean, Charlton, to be fair to them, right, they've improved massively, wouldn't say massively, but marginally improved since Adkins came in. And when you see the squad, to be fair, they've got a decent squad for this level. I mean, You've got to kind of remember as well that they just dropped out of the championship. Um, so they've brought with them some decent players. And it was going to click at some point. I just didn't expect it to be towards the back end of the season. What would you, what, if, you if you had to select say, two positives, Craig, then what would, you, what would you pick out? Well, look, although it doesn't feel this way now, but the most important thing really is it's still no hands, isn't it? And of course, we know it's going to be a massive ask to go and win every game from here. But, you know, why not? The lads have proven already mm. that they're more than capable of putting a run together. And I don't think anyone truly believed that we wouldn't drop points. But now at this point, it's just how we respond. You know, it's only our fourth defeat under Lee Johnson so far. And they were all followed up by a win. So we are capable of doing this. We just need to take each game as it comes. And now we have a few extra bodies back in the squad. It's going to give us more options in this run-in. Um, you know, Johnson touched on... The idea in his post-match comments the other day saying that we were carrying some individuals in the first half, he's right. Mm. But, you know, he can replace them if he needs. Denver Hume in particular is going to be a massive positive for us. He's got a big part to play in the run-in. And perhaps might be a little too soon for him to last a full 90 minutes. But, you know, even if that's the case, then then Callum McFadden should be able to do a job there. Um, I know he comes in for enormous criticism at times. More often than not, it is justified. But I thought he actually played quite well on Saturday he was good going forward caused a few problems 
Yeah, well, Rich gave a man the match on the uh, Playerians pod, yeah. which might surprise people. There was a suggestion that we may see Bailey Wright back in the squad also. And if we do, whether you know he can only last for a short period of time or not, it's going to be a, a massive bonus. It's an opportunity mm. now to try and finally get people in their preferred positions because we'll know how makeshift we've been. But I certainly think there's more positives than anything else at this stage. And, you know, we just need to kick on and get three points. Yeah, that segues us nicely into the Wigan game then because... Uh, we uh, we obviously take on Wigan on Tuesday. It's probably not going to be the cakewalk that it might have been earlier in the season. I think Wigan have improved a fair bit recently. I mean, they, they battered Doncaster at the weekend 4-1 away from home. So I know Doncaster are poor at the minute, but it does show that they've got a bit of quality in their team and we shouldn't take them lightly at least. But you're right. Uh, if we are going to get promoted, that's a game you have to win. I mean, when we... When we sat back and looked at the probably the last ten games of the season, that was and everyone was doing those predictors that were going around. I'm pretty sure there was there would have been nobody who would have wrote down anything other than three points for that game. So it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, isn't it, Chris? But it's uh it's it's just another another game. We you know Mark Mark Egan wrote a piece on the site this weekend, great piece where he, where he spoke about how we sort of have to just forget about Charlton now. And and think about the next game. It's you know one one at a time. Make sure we just go into it with our full focus. Don't worry about what Peter Brown Hull are doing. Sort of concentrate on ourselves and and hopefully get the points. Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean the difference is now. I think we've got a manager who we know works like that. Um, he's got a plan for for each individual game, and I think he probably already planned or had a plan in his mind for the Wigan game before the Charlton game. He, he's, he's like that. I think he plans such an advance that he knows what type of game he wants to play against, which opposition and how, how he wants us to, to set up. Hmm. And, uh, and, and, but I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of Wigan, the, yeah, the big Doncaster, but that was their only win in the last five. And they've lost three out of the last five. So, I mean, they, they did have a bit of a bounce, I think after kind of the, the kind of ownership got sorted out and, they, they kind of got themselves sorted a little bit, but uh, and that was a cracking result they got last time out. So it's not going to be, but it, there's not many. I mean, you, you go away from home against some of the sides who are in that bottom bottom half of the table, and none of them are really easy games. You have to, they're, they're a proper battle, they're a proper slog. You know, I mean, you, you, I mean, I'm sure with the players, even when we go away and, and get three points, come come away battered and bruised. You know, I mean, yeah, they're, yeah. All, they're, they're all kind of tough games, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a funny one in terms of how we how we set up because um, the 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 slight thing that's worried us over the last couple of games, whereas before we 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 went in with a game plan, and I think Johnson it looked like he went in with a right game plan, and even though, like I said, we it was kind of the difference between the sides was maybe a goalkeeping performance or a big moment or missing a chance in in the Charlton game, it it slightly worried us that halfway through games he's kind of like ripped up the like the 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 plan and almost yeah. started again with with substitutions with half an hour to go or twenty minutes to go or whatever, and uh, and that's that's a slight concern about uh, about maybe how he's going to set up whether um, he's got it right in the last couple of games but uh, but hopefully against Wigan he'll get it right first time. Yeah, the the that was one of the big debate points coming out of the. Of the Charlton game was the team selection. I think you'll be keen, won't you, Craig, to put that right and sort of put out a team which we know will turn up and attack mainly. I mean, you, I know you made you made a great point there about Callum McFadden. Certainly did himself, uh, you know, plenty favours by playing well. But 
Um, people are going to be looking at Hume, looking at Jones. I mean, th- we didn't even touch on that really, but the decision not to start Jones at the weekend. Those players you would think will come in, maybe Grant led better into the midfield. Um, you know, we have to now probably look at this and get in, and switch our game faces on and think, right, we're going to go, we're going to attack, we're going to play good football, we're going to dominate. And that, that's got to reflect in his team selection, hasn't it? I would expect so, yeah. I've just been looking um, whilst you've been talking there. And I mean, Wigan have lost 22 games out of 40 this season. So yeah. if you're not sort of fired up for this one, then you're not going to get up for any other <laughs> one, aren't you? And I think yeah. we, do, we do. We need to start very high tempo. Um, you know, you, you're often seeing like Peterborough and Huller like 2-0 up after like 10, 15 minutes of places. And that's where I think our nervous as fans are setting in whilst watching at home. And I think we need to lay that, that marker down on Tuesday we need to basically mm. have that game sort of wrapped up by half time. Where, for example, if Johnson does want to make three or four changes, it's just because the game's over with, and it's yeah. uh, it's resting the better players. You know, Chris is right. They the the scrapping, the fighting for the lives. It's probably not going to be as easy as we'd like. Um, but no. I'm I'm still convinced, even with our makeshift sort of uh, you know kind of here, there, and everywhere formations at the moment, that was was still capable of going down there and getting three points. And, you know, if we do, then um, then it puts us straight back involved, you know, keeps the pressure on the top two. I know a lot of people are saying that we're out of it. We we haven't bottled anything, you know, n- not just yet. I think it. you've got questions and concern if, if we don't take maximum points on Tuesday. But, um, you know, this is going to go to the wire. There's going to be plenty of twists and turns left. And as Hannah man- mentioned in the replies there, the fact that Charlton have still got to play Peterborough and Hull, that's an advantage for us. So if we take maximum points on Tuesday, we're right back in it. Yeah, absolutely. I was looking as well at Wigan's um, sort of sort of standing at the minute. They have a game in hand over Northampton, who are a couple of places above them. I mean, if they won against us, they would they would leapfrog Northampton. They would pull them into the bottom four. Um, so Wigan are going to be right up for it because it's a big chance for them to get out of the out the drop zone and, and drag someone in. This is their game in hand, just like it's our game in hand over. Uh, over Hull, this is their game in hand. So um, anybody you know, sort of expecting us to just turn up and roll them over, I think it's not going to be quite like that because you know wounded animals are often the most difficult ones to come face to face with, and that's sort of what Wigan are at the minute. They're, they're scrapping, they're fighting for their lives. You know, I mean, I, I, I look, I look quickly at the team that they put out against Doncaster that won the game, and there's a bunch of players there that have all got you know quite high level experience. Will Keane being one of them, he he plays up front. Um, they've got Curtis Tilt in defence, who's a player they actually beat us to the signing of. Uh, we would we were linked with him. Derrickwa, the right back, was playing for Burnley in the Premier League a couple of years ago. Like they, they are, you know, they're, they're not not. I'm not saying they're spectacular, but there are some good players in that team. So you know, when it comes to it, um, they've got the experience in there to sort of battle and grind out points. Um, so I'm I'm certainly not taking Wigan lightly, but I mean, how how would you approach the game, Chris? Would you? I know I touched on maybe picking a more attacking team. Is that what we've got to do here at Wigan? I mean, it's a big old pitch at their at their place. It's a it's a good chance to get at them with a bit of pace, isn't it? It is. Um, but I'd like I'd like to see us start the Wigan game like we started the Peterborough game, and and really kind of control the game, and maybe yeah. go with two up front, and and maybe kind of you know get get Jones and McGeady on the ball, get it wide, have Stewart up front with uh, with Wyke, and and really kind of. Kind of, kind of, just bombard them really, mm. um, and control the game like we did it. Because I think against lesser sides than than Peterborough, 
I think the way that we set up at the at the beginning of that game, I think we'll we'll trample over more sides in League One playing like that, like we yeah, did in that yeah. first half. And and we'll get goals against most other teams. It was just that Peterborough are a good side and they had a better defence than probably most the the second for a reason, you know. And and I just think if we go to Wigan and play like that and set up like that, um I I just think I just think we'll trample all over them. But um but yeah, I mean just in general you were talking about uh, you know, like uh, I know Craig mentioned bottling it and things like that. I mean, you know, losing one in fifteen isn't isn't bottling it. You know, I mean, all right, you know, we're, we're coming up against a couple of good sides and we came off second best in in the first game for a while, but there's still, I mean, you know, there's like we said, Charlton are going to play a big part in it. Blackpool are probably going to play a big part in it. There's going to be two or three twists and turns still to come in this season, and um, we've just got to keep on getting the points and keep on keep on winning and. Hopefully, not care about anyone else. Yeah, and be. I just think something Johnson says quite often. Uh, I think does he ice in the head and fire in the belly? It's something along those lines. He's. <laughs> it's right though. We have to. We have to just take a step back, take a breath, think. Right, there's seven more opportunities. I think there's seven games left. Seven more opportunities to to pick up three points. Um, our fate's still in our own hands. We have to, you know, play whole. We've got games in hand on whole. You know, just worry about one game at a time. Just take Wigan as in in isolation. Um, pick a team that you think will win the game. Get them in the right headspace. You know, because I would like to think that the players are, are really pissed off they got beat on Saturday, and they want to respond. They want to show all of us. They want to sh- put the league on sort of hold and show everybody that we are still the team to fear in this league. And I, I honestly expect them to respond in that way. We've got so much experience in this team. You know, go right through that side. Pretty much everybody's got an expo- a promotion um, on their record. Lee Burge got promoted with Coventry. Even McFadzian's been promoted with um, with, with Plymouth. Uh, Luke O'Nine with Wickham. Um, you know, Sanderson, all right, young boy, but he's, he's, he's easily our best defender. Uh, Power's been promoted. Ledbit has promotion experience at a high level you know you go right through the team these these players have all been here done it they just have to apply that experience in the right way don't they craig yeah um i was listening to gary bennett on the radio the other day and, and he mentioned that this could actually work as a as a bit of a wake-up call maybe just a bit of a kick up the arse because mm-hmm. perhaps complacency might have set in but um Look, even in terms of some of our recent promotion seasons, you know, we've had like setbacks. I remember when we went and won against Wigan back in 2005, our eighth uh, consecutive win. And, you know, you think you've done enough. And then if memory serves, we went and got beat off Redden. And then we went and drew with Ipswich two games. And then all of a sudden you've got the doubts there. I remember when we got beat at Colchester under Roy Keane. I was just so, about to say that, yeah, yeah. And we were on a spectacular run of form then. So it's mm. now, it's how you respond to us. And as you've said, every single one of those lads are going to be rightfully frustrated. They're probably going to read some of the things. They're going to see other people, um, whether it's like other journalists or people who cover our leagues. And let's be fair, I think they all took a bit of satisfaction in us getting beat, didn't they? When you see some of these um, like uh, EFL 72 specialists and all this, that and the other, like Sunderland yeah, have dropped yeah. out of it now. Sunderland sort of uh, losing it a little bit. So I think that they're going to have something to prove. And I know that a lot of people are saying that the similarities are there between this and the 97, 98 season or this and the Jack Ross season. I really don't think it is. I think these players have got more more fire in them. I think they've got um, they've got more to give. And I think over the course of the next seven games, I'm, I'm certain that they're going to prove it. But look, 
even if it is the case that we are to say finish third it doesn't necessarily mean that the season's a write-off we've already won at Wembley this season we've still got yeah. every chance of going up so I appreciate whilst you know nobody wants to lose games it's it's not the end of the season now we've we really no. need to sort of reapply that focus and and get three points on Tuesday uh, I've said that before Craig that uh, we were ninth on the 19th of January and just to be in it and still have it in our own hands I just think just the fact that we're in that position is uh, is an achievement in itself, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just a couple of other things I want to quickly touch on before we finish up. Uh, the news today, we broke, broke this in last month that Mitch Curry was heading off to Inter-Miami um, slash Fort Lauderdale, the, uh, the development team of Inter-Miami. Um, but I think it was confirmed this weekend that he's actually joined the squad. Sunderland haven't said anything, I don't think. Um, but I just want to quickly get your thoughts on that. Chris, the the fact that we're letting a player go, but it doesn't I saw it doesn't seem to be any sort of sadness tinge with this one, like in with other players where we've seen them leave and people have been frustrated with the owners and stuff. With this one, everyone's sort of like, Well, he's a young lad going to live in Miami. We can't really say like anything, can we? Get yourself away, kid and do well. But yeah, how do you feel about it when you when you think about there's there's a lad there? I mean, he hasn't really actually played very long for us, but he has had a good spell for the twenty threes last year. Um, to see him head off and 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 take up a new opportunity elsewhere, are you are you bothered? Are you is it something that really bothers you? And it can't really because I haven't seen no. enough of him. Um, Correct. But, yeah. But I, I I think all I can say is good luck to him to be honest and give him a pat <laughs> on the back because I mean who who's going to turn that down? I mean I know. if if he was going to get a chance, I remember a few people were were shouting to give him a chance when. Uh, Charlie White was really having a bad time of it mid-season. Um, you know, the end of Parkinson, the start of Johnson, when he was re- kind of having that uh, real kind of tough period. And uh, people were saying, give give Curry a chance. Um, he didn't get the chance. And now he's off to Miami. So fair play. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah fair enough. And just lastly, Craig, uh, Sun and ladies were knocked out of the FA Cup today as we record Sunday on penalties against Burnley. Seems from obviously we weren't able to watch the game, but following the coverage and listening to the interviews afterwards, it sounds like Sunderland were a little bit unlucky not to win the game in normal time. Uh, that ends their season and uh, sets them back to to square one. I guess it's tough to take, isn't it, for the ladies fans? I guess they want to see them progressing the cup. Um, the, what they ultimately probably don't want to see is that team split up, right? It's it's um it's been a tough few years for them, hasn't it? Yeah, it feels like, um, you know, kind of every so often there is some sort of conspiracy, if you like, that continuously sets Sunderland ladies back. Yeah. Whether it's seasons getting ended, where they're not getting promoted and things like that, or they're getting voted out of, you know, being in the top leagues. But um, it's a shame because obviously the uh, they had a comfortable win last weekend against Sheffield FC. And you would hope that that momentum perhaps would have took them took them through everything that you've read. It suggests that they were the better side, and it's a shame because they they would have come up against um against obviously Manchester United in the next round. So that might have been a bit of a lucrative tie. Who knows? It might mm. have even been televised. But you know, hopefully, it's uh, it's a chance now for them to reassess things. I know obviously that uh, that the the owner has suggested that there is going to be you know, um, investment into them going forward. So you, you'd like to think that not only is the coverage going to improve so we can actually watch these games, but you'd like to think that the the opportunity for those to, to retain those players and, and hopefully kickstart a promotion for them next season because they deserve it. You know, the clubs all, you know, have, have recently put out there the whole kind of one club, our club, this, that and the other. But um, the ladies team felt like they've been left behind considerably and it's a shame because in recent years they've, 
they've really kind of carried the success of Sunderland Football Club as a whole. Whilst the men's team have been faltering, you know, they've done incredibly well. And it's a testament to Mel Ray and the side that they've managed to keep everything together, especially mm. considering all of the setbacks. So, you know, good luck to them over the summer. Hopefully, um, hopefully once their season kicks off next time round, that, uh, that they'll be in a place just to go all guns blazing. Yeah. And uh, just to end, Chris, I'm going to end on this and I'm going to ask you... Bluntly, do you think Sunderland will still get promoted in the top two? Yes, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. But I don't. Th- I, I don't think we'll end up as champions. I think we'll go up in in second place, and I think we'll go up behind Hull. Um, right. But I th- I think we'll go up automatically. Well, I hope we don't go up behind Hull because we've got to play them. That might mean that we don't take points off them. I don't know. I think I, I think I think Peterborough will wobble. I think Peterborough have got a wobble in them. Yeah, what about you, Craig? I don't know. I'm I'm actually convinced that Hull might drop points. They've got Charlton on the final day, but um, look, no matter who it is behind, providing we were in the top two, um, I, I think we'll go up second. I think, unfortunately, now the, the last two games has probably cost us um, going up as champions, but I, I, we've got plenty plenty of wins left in the tank. Well, I'm going with uh, with Anth Gare's mate, who apparently put 125 quid on something to win the league today. So I'm with him. I think we'll still win the league. Why not? Got to dream bigger. Please gamble responsibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah, well, thanks, lads, for joining us uh, once again. We'll be back after the Wigan game with player ratings. And uh, yeah, let's just hope some of the win we're talking about. Catch you later. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.